everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 282 with a review of Three Days to Kill. I'm Christopher Schneezy. I'm Carson Patrick. And we're joining us for the first time. The Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week of the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This week, we skipped one of those releases. We didn't want to see Pompeii, so instead we are reviewing Three Days to Kill. So, Carson, how are you feeling today? Uh, I'm feeling like I'm, I need some experimental drug to uh, get my ability to speak back, since I, I, can't art- I can't articulate well. Have you been fighting this weird cold for a while now? I, I have a little bit of a cold, yes. It's uh, <laughs> interfering with my uh, couple's therapy. <laughs> uh, I can't give out uh, accurate couple's therapy. Yeah, well, it's pretty cold over there in Russia, so you know you might you might have gotten a little bit of a of a chill on you. You know, left the window open in influenza. Well, I'm afraid that they're gonna blame me for uh, impairing the president because I prescribed him some pills for his couple's therapy <laughs> for him and his wife. Um, it, it was spiritual though, so it, it, don't worry. <laughs> it took me a second to catch up with you. I was like, "What are you talking about?" I was like, "Oh, House of Cards." There you go. Yes, you know, there's a lot of House of Cards. Um, uh, I feel like there's a lot of. I can't think of the word. I need my drug. Um, but there, I, I, there was a lot of similarities. I feel like in Three Days to Kill. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> in, in, in that Three Days to Kill is a fantastic thing that you want to watch. Yes, more of. I just wanted to binge watch four more hours of Three Days to Kill. Uh, yeah. No, but I just... Uh, <laughs> or are you going to back up the statement? No, I, I was done. Yeah, I was done. I, I kind of right. zoned out for a second. Similarities in that there is at least one scene in which a bunch of unmarked black vehicles in a motorcade pull up to a building and somebody gets out. Let's just say someone gets <laughs> in Three Days to Kill, okay? <laughs> <laughs> let's uh <laughs> not state what you stated you know what's funny is that like entertainment weekly totally ruined uh house of cards and i'm glad i didn't i didn't read it before i watched uh, the whole season well well some of us actually were dedicated and uh marathoned I, it yeah. the first two days so <laughs> that's that's true some of us spent our our uh, lonely valentine's day evening <laughs> <laughs> marathoning house of cards did you, did you watch that with your bike? Oh, yeah, with my purple bike and the <laughs> my bow. My purple bike, he had a bow on it. He uh, was like, ding, ding, I love House of Cards. <laughs> uh, I will say, the, uh, the the bike comes to some good use later on in the film. I, 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 I have many things to say about the bike in this movie. I'm sure you do, Carl. <laughs> Well, <laughs> would you would you what, what do you what do you say we just get into this so that way you can make your uh, your yes. bike statement? Okay, so, let's go ahead and take a look at the trailer for Three Days to Kill in case uh, maybe people listening have never heard of this movie. Yes, and uh, then we'll come back and let you know what we thought of it. Five minutes from now, this team will save thousands of lives. Under no circumstances does this briefcase leave the area, or it's war. He's on his way. Good or bad. When you work for the agency, all teams in position. It becomes your whole life. I don't want to spend the rest of my life killing for you. You're the best agent for this job, Ethan. 
We need you. I just want to spend a little more time with my daughter and my wife. Why did you leave me and Mom? There's no easy answer, honey. I was going to ask you to look after Zoe while I go to London for work. I can handle it. You have to make me a promise. Are you done? Are you really done working for them? What's happening to me? You're sick, Ethan. But I could offer you an experimental drug that might just give you your life back. So I buy back my life by killing for you. That's the job. You have three days to kill. You know, a lot of my friends' dads are in sales. And not one of them dresses like you. Zoe? I want to make dinner tonight. And I want to make spaghetti sauce, so I need your help. Just so happens I'm in a meeting here with a real live Italian who wants to give you a great recipe. Why don't you say hello to my daughter? Hello, I am a Guido. But I am sure that if you don't try this drug, you'll be dead in three days. You said there'd be one guy. Not five. But you might want to ride home. Did you hear that? The spares loosened the trunk. Trying to have a conversation with my daughter. I'm sorry, sweetie. Now, where were we? All right, so you just listened to the trailer for Three Days to Kill. Uh, this is the story of, you know, this, like, this cool little CIA agent guy uh, uh, played by Kevin Costner. And, you know, he's kind of, like, old. He's a hitman. He kind of, like, goes and does his hits. And, you know, but he's been sick lately, and it turns out that maybe this uh, sickness that he has is actually a lot more than just, you know, the common cold or a flu bug or something that he caught. And, uh, well, he is, you know, he's getting out of the business because he's also getting out of life. And, uh, you know, <laughs> as he goes back to try to catch up with his family and kind of, you know, make amends there, uh, he gets reapproached by somebody who was secretly part of the mission that went horribly wrong at the beginning of the film. Yes. And she basically recruits him back into working for her to try to kill the asset they weren't able to kill at the beginning of the film. And in exchange, she may or may not have a, you know, drug that could help him through his uh, terminal version of the flu. Yes. <laughs> so... Uh, she was wearing a wig so you know that she's uh secretive yes Yes. it's the it's the spy movie equivalent to wearing a baseball cap and glasses when you go out (laughs) as a movie star exactly but carson why don't you let everybody know what you thought of this film uh well first of all i want to say that uh uh i think kevin costner is i'm glad that he's back in movies again um and not just kind of in a movie every like five years or something um, I think that seeing him specifically back in the action genre is uh, is uh, good to see, f- uh, fun to see. Yeah. Um, I think uh, the movies that he's the, the movies that have dabbled in action in the past, uh, like Revenge. I think that's one of his uh, best performances, and uh, I so I was I was glad to see him back in this mode. Um, I think that. Uh, Overall, the movie is, uh, I feel like it's a crazy movie that got castrated, and, (laughs) um, 
or I, I get the feeling that Luke Besson watched Crank and thought like he wanted to do the same thing, but <laughs> yeah. not as crazy. <laughs> he wanted to do a reverse crank. A reverse crank that like. Well, it doesn't make it... sense that if you get excited, you died. What if maybe like if you got excited or no? Yeah, it doesn't make sense that you have to be excited, otherwise you will die. He's it would make like more sense if you start to die when you get excited. <laughs> He's like, I want to see the grounded version of this movie. Um, I, I think there was a lot of uh, potential to be had in the the crazy department. It's only mildly touched upon in this movie. Um, but when it is, it's very entertaining. I was laughing a lot, uh, specifically like I foreshadowed uh, all of the scenes with the, the purple bike. I, I feel like the bike should have gotten a supporting actor credit. I think it should have been credited as itself. Or at least uh, they should have just really gotten crazy and had like Seth Rogen or someone do a voiceover and have Kevin Costner talk with it. Um, it it's so prominently featured. Like I'm not exaggerating. It's very prominently featured in this movie. Yeah. Uh, to to the point where the the intro of the bike, I, I I probably laugh for a good minute because it just comes out of nowhere. We cut to the bike. And he's like, "Well, I brought this bike for you." And it's just like, whoa, when did that show up? We never got any kind of establishment that there was a bike there. And then I, I just love how the fact that it'll be like in the background of scenes, uh, he'll walk up to the bike and there'll be a bell ringing sound effect, even though no one's on the bike. <laughs> yeah, that's, that was pretty funny. There's a few scenes too. And it's like that damn bike. Ding. Now, <laughs> in all fairness, it does come into play later on in the movie yeah. when uh, his daughter, you know, admits to kevin costner that you know he was never around so she never or he never taught her how to ride uh so yeah it makes sense that he would want to have a bike handy but the fact that like there's a whole scene where she's like yeah you're riding this bike to school get on the bike well there's also the funny thing about that whole like i've never learned to ride a bike scene is i'm pretty sure in one of the older like uh i almost called it found footage um, in the, <laughs> when, when he's at home watching the VHS tapes of his daughter, I'm pretty yeah. sure there's one of her riding a bike. I think maybe I think she was I think she was on like one of those swing uh, uh, ride things at the amusement park or something. But I, but I could have sworn there was at least one where like there was like a little trading wheels bike or like something. Maybe, maybe I could be wrong. But I, I remember when she said that in the movie, I was like, wait a second, didn't I see you riding a bike when you were like a little baby? Either way, I feel like riding a bike is sort of like a parental, you know, necessity. But do you really need someone to teach you? I feel like you could learn on your own. Just saying. There's some intuitive ask. I was kind of thinking of that too. But there is sort of a a fear level to overcome. Yeah. Um, It's sort of like you can like figure out how to swim on your own. But like, yeah. If you just were like tossed off a sinking ship and trying to swim, you'd probably drown. Even though if you just sort of like dog paddled, you'd be totally fine. Um, right. So there, there is a level of, uh, you know, something to overcome in that. Plus, you know, then you get the like the nice touching scene with like the old people clapping for her and stuff. Oh and, yes. And yes. the weird like uh, frenetic editing that sort of like <laughs> kept like cutting and then the dialogue and then people are not talking, but then they are talking and they're embracing, but they're still talking and like. Yeah. All the weird. Uh, fun times they were having with that i really got to show off the bike's uh, skills yeah but anyway i i found that very uh amusing and uh i, I, I like I, going back to what i said about this felt like a, a movie that was castrated uh there are a lot of moments where like it sounded like people were dropping the f word and it just got dubbed out so like that was annoying 
<laughs> and there was like the hilarious scene where Kevin Costner goes to uh, uh, he meets up with Amber Heard in like a strip club or something, and there's yeah. like um, hilariously fake CGI smoke covering like the strippers' boobies. <laughs> um, so there was that too, which felt weird. So I don't know. I I feel like they they didn't really go for what could have been something a little uh, harder and also something a little crazier because I feel like, you know, they set up the idea that Amber Heard gives him this experimental drug that's going to help him fight off his brain cancer or whatever that he has. And um, so she she lets him know, okay, yeah, like this will help you, but, you know, if your heart rate goes up, then you're going to start tripping balls. Well, I mean, she doesn't tell him that, but he figures it out, and then she tells him. Yeah. And, and she gives him even like a good... Again, they're setting up the crazy when Kevin Costner starts freaking out and Amber Heard tells her tells him, all right, hey, like, you know, grab the vodka because it's going to take the edge off for whatever reason. Um, so then he gets into a bunch of scenarios where his heart rate would definitely be racing. <laughs> I mean, he's like fighting dudes in like a kitchen and, you know, taking bullets to the chest and and you know engaging in fight scenes and all this stuff and uh it, not once does he have any of these sort of hallucinogenic uh visions or anything well he's such uh, a he's such a trained agent that like in those scenes his like you know so born calm. style training just takes over and he's not actually that frantic it's just happening and it's only afterwards that he realizes that like whoa that just happened um. Yeah, I mean, but I, I would have liked to have, have seen like him really tripping out and trying to, uh, while, while trying to, you know, apprehend some dudes or whatever. Yeah, well, like, it, it, it's it's most it mostly plays out when he is. Um, there's one scene played for laughs, which is him seeing his, you know, the wife he's sort of estranged from in her little nighty or whatever. His heart starts <laughs> to race a little bit, and then yeah. he that's when he first starts tripping. Uh, uh, but beyond that, it's usually after he's been chasing a bad guy for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It only comes into play during convenient moments, like near the end when he's having a, the final showdown with the villain. Well, well it, it's, it's a thing that it, it's played for physical exertion, not emotional exertion. And that's sort of where they could have done a little bit more with the emotional um, exertion and like making where your heart rate changing because of your your circumstances not just because of a bunch of physical activity you just did like he, he's fine riding the bike but when he has to run that's when it kicks in and stuff like that yeah i just feel like that they, they could have done like in crank 2 where he has to like juice himself every couple minutes you know yeah um i, I just feel like that would have been something that it would have given it a little more of an entertaining uh and especially the fact that, like, I don't know why he didn't have, like, little miniatures, like, shoved in his scarf or whatever of well, he, vodka. Here's the other thing, too, with, with the with the vodka is, like, v- vodka, I mean, in, in my experience, vodka is one of those alcohols that uh, takes about 15 minutes before it kicks in. And then, it, like, it hits you pretty quickly. <laughs> like, like you're yeah. like, oh, this is nothing. And then, like, 15 minutes later, like, oh, there it is. So it's like it, it, it. I've always experienced vodka as being a delayed response as far as when the alcohol like gets absorbed into your system. Maybe that's just me. Um, Maybe, but yeah, but I feel like that's sort of any. You could say that about any kind of alcohol, really. I mean, like of that kind. I, I feel like, especially if you were have drank a lot, you yeah, build yeah, up a I, tolerance. I just mean that it's not like 
you're having yeah, hallucinations and you start pouring vodka on your throat and immediately you're like, oh, I feel better now. Yeah, he's not going to feel it right away. I, I don't think that it – she acts like it's going to take the edge off immediately and it's like, yeah. I don't think so. But I guess that was just a time thing. I mean, like, he, there is that scene where he goes to uh, the club and grabs, like, a pitcher of vodka. Not a pitcher, but, like, a huge <laughs> bottle. <laughs> Apparently, you know, no one was like, hey, bro, you got to pay for that. That's expensive. Well, well, he just handed it to some other guy. They probably tackled <laughs> so that. So the dude guy right was after. like, oh, shit, now I have to pay for this. And, and anyways, let's, let's, let's get on with this. I, I think overall, it's like, uh, th- there were things about it I liked. Overall, it's pretty junky. I think the villains are pretty disposable and they're like completely uh, transparent. And uh, I wanted more Costner being uh, Costner in this movie. I feel like there was room for improvement in terms of like the comedy, um, definitely the action. And uh, even though it was fine what they had, but I just felt like they could have done some more inventive things, especially with the drug. And. I feel like the bike should have saved the day, but that's just me. <laughs> well, so, it, it was, anyway, he, he uses the bike to uh, to accomplish the the one scene. <laughs> yeah, but I meant like uh, the bike should have like helped him uh, defeat the villain or something, and like it would have just rolled in at the end, like ding ding, and he's like, ah, purple bike, I love you. Anyway, <laughs> anyways, all right. Well, um, for me, this film is uh, like quality wise, it's it's basically on par with like a filler episode of the blacklist um like not the finale which or the the mid-season finale mm. which was actually like i mean it does have badass. a very uh does have a very tv episode quality yeah it, it does and like that's not, not necessarily a bad thing but um it's just yeah i i think really like i i like the you know i like the story good enough um i thought the setup for everything was interesting like i was totally fine with you know the family dynamics the um, Amber Heard like dynamics and uh, the just him being an old guy and possibly dying. I actually really like where the title of the film comes from. Um, <laughs> that's cause, that's another interesting thing because in the trailer it's different. Well, I mean, just let's we'll, we'll not even say it because yeah. if people see this movie, like I'd like them to organically discover that. But it's it's definitely knowing the context of the film, you can assume what where the title of this film comes from but uh it, it may or may not come from that location uh so like i i think that this film does sort of have a um like i think the the idea of this film was looking for the 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 tone and the feeling of like from paris with love uh like yeah. it was supposed to hit that sort of zany every scene is supposed to be um uh, you know, like joking, running around with a vase full of Coke and then having it smacked <laughs> up in your face. Like, it's supposed to be achieving that kind of humor. I mean, just with the fact that his daughter keeps interrupting every time he's in the middle of something. Like, the whole, like, oh, Guido's here and he's going to, like, teach you a, a spaghetti sauce uh, <laughs> recipe. Like, And there's, like, cheesy Italian music that plays or yeah, any yeah, kind or of cheesy ev- ethnic with, music. When, when he goes and tries to get the, the, the guy who owns the car service, every time yeah. he, like, shows back up, he's like, no, this is my house, so you don't talk to me. Like, uh I don't know why I made him Italian also. But, well, no, uh, he was he was the Muslim guy. And anytime he, like, turned on his car radio, it was, like, cheesy, like, stereotypical Muslim, like, Middle Eastern music. Yeah, but, but, it, but it was, like, there's a lot of, like, genuinely humorous. I don't want to necessarily say funny because I don't think it always achieves that. But, like, you know, the family that's squatting in his house and how, like, the little boy 
always mm-hmm. wants a high five and Kevin Costner and will never high five him. And like when he finally does, it's like hilarious. And there's just, there's like little aspects. Like this is a, like on paper, this is like the craziest movie you've ever seen in your life. And um, the actual execution of it is like, it mildly approaches those different areas of uh, zaniness, uh, but it doesn't fully commit to it at any one time. Like it's sort of, it's not that it takes itself too seriously. It just, it doesn't totally hit the um, the the jokes all the way. Like it it deadpans some of the things that should be like incredibly humorous uh, and things that like I smirked or laughed at during the film. My audience was laughing a lot during it, um, but I think it could definitely reach a higher uh, a higher level of intentionally being comedic, uh, which it sort of just doesn't quite pull off and I don't know if that's like a you know it being written by a non-American and maybe the jokes just don't play completely American style like it, I, I don't like that, that no I, I just think they I just feel like they just didn't push it far enough in terms of having uh you know landing those jokes or whatever or what yeah. was supposed to be executed as humor I think that you know I think comparing this, I, I think this movie could have been like from Paris with love. Uh, I think maybe it would, it was before they kind of stripped it down, but uh, yeah, it, maybe, it, 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 maybe it was closer in tone at least. Uh, it was a little edgier because from Paris with love was R rated and this yeah, is yeah. not. So There's lots of F bombs, lots of like lots of, nudity, yeah, and John nudity. Travolta banging chicks. Like on. yeah. And like violence and, and you know, running around with the Coke in the vase. Yeah. Yeah. The Coke in the vase thing was pretty funny, though. <laughs> yeah, like, th- I feel like that's the kind of stuff that uh, this movie needed. Yeah. It needed to really go for, like, that kind of uh, crazy crazy humor. And also, like, I, I mean, there was just, like, uh, some things where I felt like they, like you said, they had, like, when the mu- like when the, the Muslim guy comes in and Kevin Costner is waiting for him at his desk. Like, yeah. there was, I felt like there were scenes like that where they're playing it for kind of like a humorous angle, but I feel like there could have been more to really bring out the humor in it. Yeah. And it's not there, unfortunately. But, but um, I think, I, I think there is though, that the, there's a, there's a lot that there's definitely, pe- there, there's enough pieces to recognize that this is an interesting, um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's there. It's film. just, like I said, it's mildly touched upon. It's not like going, all for it you know i I think that uh i I mean i definitely will like i was not bored during this movie i think it has uh, an energy much more than something like jack ryan yeah Uh, and i think that it is in the same vein uh as these other luke basson branded movies it definitely feels like his movie like it has that kind of uh kind of feeling to it uh yeah 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 for sure yeah. i mean it totally it belongs like in the same those. it belongs in the same family uh yeah. no pun intended <laughs> the dunk yeah i mean this was better than the family too i thought yeah it, it, it had its its humor at least its tone was more in check than uh that movie yeah and, and there's some there's some legitimately like i i love like the 
a lot there's a bunch of characters that compare um that compare kevin costner to like a cowboy and every young child that ex- that sees him in the movie is like super excited at, over whatever he's doing and mm-hmm. you know in in the trailer there's that there's that scene where you know he pops the bomb on the bottom of the car with his his uh his his toe and then you know like there's a big old action moment but like the way that plays out in the film is like super badass like the way he just kind of like pulls out the gas mask and like yeah. walks all slow and like the little well, kid in the, the bus the bike is watching helped him. him the bike helped him during that scene too yeah yeah well that's that's, <laughs> that's what i've been referencing the whole time when i'm saying he uses the bike later on right i mean he uses it for that too although i i like the idea that the kid sees him and he's like yay he got the bad guys but then it is kind of ridiculous how much in danger he puts that whole bus by like blowing up a car. Well, he he doesn't blow up the in, car. It's a, it's a it's a small enough charge that it just basically takes out the rear axle, so they can't chase him. Like it's right, but he does engage in like a, a gunfight, like right next to you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but he 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 is professional enough that he can, uh, he you know he can take out. He he basically he. It was a calculated attack that he knew wouldn't theoretically endanger the lives of other people as long as everything was executed properly. Um, plus, I, he, I, like all those, all the vehicles are armor plated. I'm assuming, so he knew that they couldn't shoot out at him. And by trapping them in the car, there wasn't a lot they could. I, I, I think, he, I think he had it under under wraps. Yeah, but there are some scenes that uh, that do like they're they're racing down the streets of paris and people are just shooting wildly it's like okay this is not tactical true 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 but that was the bad guy shooting at him (laughs) yeah but still i mean i feel like when you're when you're going that route you definitely need to have more of uh you know the humor like we were saying at least um but at least it it didn't feel completely out of place because like i said the tone was in check uh so that's okay but overall i think you know it's it doesn't hit those like really fun highs like the first taken did or lockout yeah um it's just kind of like somewhere in between dude lockout is still a film that i like i don't understand how that works so well (laughs) like (laughs) lockout lockout is legitimately amazing I, i mean that is the kind of fun ridiculous movie that i think this was aspiring to be but never hit any of those i mean he should have just gone to space really (laughs) (laughs) kevin Cosner should have gone to space (laughs) he got he had three days to kill everyone on the space station (laughs) yeah do you have do you have any last comments to say about this film uh i don't think so all right. Well, uh, I think we should probably just wrap it up then. Uh, let's go ahead and get to our verdict. Uh, if you were going to give this a must-see, a recommend with a caveat, a wait for rental, a pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? Uh, I would give it a wait for rental, um, especially since there's a 95% chance that when this comes out on, on DVD Blu-ray, there's going to be like a unrated cut you didn't see in theaters. <laughs> So well, could they, and that they, might be the uh, a little better version. I don't know. Would they? Do you think they'd ever make like an international, like the French cut or something like that? Because uh, they, well, they did that with Taken, where they released an unrated cut, and honestly, there was not much of a difference. Yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, they they did do that. I think Lockout got an unrated cut too. I don't know what's different about that. But well, I, I think in this one, it's pretty clear that like stuff with like the way Amber Heard is like 
constantly trying to like hit on him to purposely raise his heart rate like there's clearly a scene where something was supposed to happen there then there's obviously the what you referenced the little strip club scenes it seems like they're right and and, And there's and like you said there there are a bunch of like lines where kevin costner's like what the fuck yeah it's like very (laughs) like it's like dubbed out there's even one it doesn't even sound like dubbed out it sounds like the character is censoring himself like right right yeah like he was about to say it as a reaction to something and then caught himself because somebody was around. He's like, ah, right. It's like when you're a yeah. child and you sw- up, you're about to swear in front of a parent and you're like, ah, oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's sort of weird. Like it takes you out because, uh, there, there was definitely one like very apparent scene where he did like drop an F bomb and they like bleeped it or dubbed it somehow. Yeah. Where it looked like he just kind <laughs> of talked over it. Instead of the swear word. <laughs> That would have been funny if the, you. the bike bell, like, bleeped him out. I, I do like, though, that, like, the bell rings for absolutely no reason. Like, I, I, I did like, think. It was during I, that scene. I said my bike's coming with me, and then she drives away, and the bike starts all ding. <laughs> no, I, there was that one scene. One of the moments that happened was they it was him and his daughter were walking up, and the bike was just, like, leaning against a fence, and it's like, ding, ding. Yeah. And they were not even anywhere near it. It was like, what the hell? What the, what the ding? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, anyways, comedy I, with the bike. I'm, I'm gonna give it a uh, wait for rental. Also, like like I said, this is this this film is the equivalent to like an episode of uh, a non finale episode of the Blacklist. It has it has some humor in it. It's it's a little bit silly, but it's. It's got, you know, it's moments of genuinely interesting action beats. Uh, it's kind of fun. Some of the setups for how he, you know, uh, assaults a small group of people during one of the kills that he's required to do uh, are, you know, pretty entertaining. The the villains, uh, you know, you said that the villains are kind of, uh, they're sort of like, I forget the word you use, but like basically they're not that super awesome, but they are. They're, they are. They're- they're pretty transparent. They're they're va- they're barely in this movie. They're, they're transparent, but they're also like, sort of, like uh, in in a joking way, a little bit over the top, like the albino and the wolf, right. and, they're, and they're just sort of like, they're like caricatures of what a villain would be. They're not like, it's like imagine if like a child was going to draw the cartoon version of the bad guy from Jack Ryan, and that's what we get in this film. It's like an even weirder looking sort of just like over the top like i have no lines i'm just a bad guy <laughs> i mean he pretty much looks like a white somali pirate like, I, I i don't i don't think the wolf even has lines until like the last 15 minutes of the movie right like, he's always just silent and nodding at people and it's just well he's the wolf dude he's he's cunning and he has to the only man who can take it down yeah liam neeson's <laughs> anyway obviously <laughs> All right. Well, I, I, that is our review. We both gave it a a wait for rental. Um, you know, it's 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 fun. Maybe check it out when it's on TNT or <laughs> movies for guys that like movies. I don't know if they still do that, but uh, yeah, watch watch this as a pairing with uh, from Paris with Love, but watch that one second <laughs> and this one first. right. Yeah, uh, and then you can walk around yelling kitchen staff. <laughs> <laughs> You can hear a nice, interesting tale on uh, sled dog racing, and <laughs> uh, I I need to buy that movie. I just remember I don't own that. I 
should use my Amazon gift card. It's so funny that that's a movie that like I remember walking into the theater and be like, God, that movie was pretty dumb. But like <laughs> looking back on it, I have like fond memories. <laughs> but uh, Luke Besson, I think he specializes in making like pretty dumb movies that are pretty entertaining. Yeah. Uh, most of the time, he's cranking them out so fast. I think the majority of them, the the dumb ratio is higher than the uh, fun dumb. But why why doesn't he just do a television series? I I don't know. Well, I guess he did. Well, they made a television series out of uh, La Femme Nikita. Yeah, that's true. But uh, oh, was I don't... he he wasn't actually writing for that, was he? No, no. I think he's just a producer. Actually, McGee, I think. Uh, had a hand at creating that show too gotcha. i think that's how they got paired up gotcha yeah i, mean, I would yeah. like to see him do some sort of spy thriller or just an action uh show uh i, I think they could be a lot of fun and uh yeah yeah i don't know that'll be the next step yeah all right that'll be the white list <laughs> <laughs> the white list <laughs> all right anyways um that is this episode so carson if people want to find you throughout the week where can they do that uh you can go to practicalcandy.wordpress.com are you making a fire or something because it sounds like you're rubbing sticks together like uh, no, you're no oh, okay. it must be a uh, technology then oh uh, well i'm wearing a different headset that you're hearing me through <laughs> skype and it might be rubbing against my uh is oh there the we go sound you hear? there we go oh yeah it's very crinkly now it's uh it might be rubbing against facial hair my microphone on my headset <laughs> well people for the last uh two minutes people can get a nice uh crinkly sound effect well the sound that they're listening to is being recorded on a different device than the sound you're hearing me on well then never mind i don't know what i'm talking about you do not know what you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> but anyways people can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopher irl uh people can find the podcast over at the spoilerwarning.com where you can get all the back episodes of the show you can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash spoiler warning to figure out when these episodes go live. Excuse me. Or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the spoiler warning. Speaking of Facebook, stupid Facebook like broke itself and didn't want to import the like graphic stuff that it usually imports when I post the link to the file. So I kept like not posting it and trying it like later and it still would never bring in the post. Um, I went, you know, when I had Facebook, I remember it would do that from time to time where it wouldn't post the. Uh, the image it would just give you a link and it's is dumb. that what you're talking about yeah yeah it's dumb because because before i used to make a custom image for the site and then put the image with a link to the episode in the description of the image and then i did it that way uh but then when they added this like well we'll automatically pull in all this crap then it was like super redundant and then plus it was a lot of work so i was like well i'm just gonna post it it'll suck in the image everything will be good but then when it doesn't you get just a plain text link because usually I don't put any information. I just post the link and then you get the whole post and then people can see that in their feed. Um, but this time it was just going to be a link. I was like, okay, well, do I make a custom image, post that, and then it'll be the only custom image on the entire page. And I was like, screw it. I'm just going to put a text blurb and then people can grab it. So if you haven't checked out our if, – if you only figure out our episodes are live via the Facebook page, via images of the episodes that we just posted, we have a review of RoboCop. Um, that you can check out but facebook prevented me from posting that link correctly so yeah that's a long-winded way of saying i hate facebook but whatever. well you know whitelist problems <laughs> exactly all right well uh what, 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 what 
problems left. Yeah, contacting us, fans, at thespoilerwarning.com, or leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW. That's 760-575-4879. Music for this episode, uh, if there's a soundtrack available, will be the soundtrack to Three Days to Kill, or it might be the song. <laughs> you could you could just kill. play that Icona pop song over and over. <laughs> that was his ringtone. Uh, yeah. But... Good times. Come on, Dad. You got to be cool. Got to give you a hit song. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. I only bring this up because uh, you have a strong uh, connection to this film. But didn't you feel like the song choice uh, at the very end of this movie? I was just like, this isn't Five Hundred Days to Kill. This is Three Days to Kill. <laughs> oh, well, like, didn't yeah. that didn't that feel very out of place to you? Like, I because that song is so linked to that trailer yeah yeah it that is. i feel like anytime it's used all i think of is uh you know this is tom and he is uh, this is not a love story yeah yeah yeah. you know that's all i think about um so i just that that was a very weird uh soundtrack choice it, it, it was weird because the song has been become synonymous with that movie uh trailer but like i, I think in general it kind of communicates like the tone they were going for with this film because you have like this family reuniting and then you have like the weird you know amber Heard is like her cia agent like longingly looking over the house as like <laughs> as if she has some weird relationship to that family even though she doesn't like it's she's like oh i just wanted to give him a lap dance <laughs> no exactly like i like i don't yeah it, it it was weird but it felt totally correct if that makes I, sense. I think, I, yeah, I think it was correct for for the movie and for that scene, um, you know, tone-wise. But I just feel like anytime they use songs that have been so synonymously linked, you know, with, with other movies or yeah. movie trailers, that it's just all I can think of is that movie. It, it would be like if, if when he's, when Kevin Costner's confronting the bad guy at the end, if they started playing, like, uh, the, you know, the battle theme from um, Phantom Menace. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or, I mean, they did it in Taken 2, where, like, they had, like, cuts from the Drive uh, soundtrack in there, and I'm just like, all I can think about is, you know, Ryan Gosling <laughs> staring longingly as he's driving away. Uh, not, you know, it just, like, takes you out all the time. I mean, it's like we talked about, like in Walter Mitty. It's like anytime you hear that uh, one song from the trailer, that's all you're gonna think about now is is Walter Mitty running down the Life yeah. magazine hallway <laughs> and jumping in a helicopter. Yeah, Kristen Wiig plays a guitar. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's. I mean, that's just. It's now. It's that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. All right. Any any hoot. Well, uh, that is our review. Next week, nonstop. Next, yeah, we're gonna Go we're gonna have our nonstop episode review of the movie. Nonstop. All the secrets will be finally revealed. The ones that we probably already have figured out. Yeah, we'll get to find out whether or not Julianne Moore is the bad guy. Of the film. Is actually the villain. Yeah. Yeah. I've got good money that she is. <laughs> <laughs> I almost feel like she can't be because the trailer makes it so obvious that she is. Yeah, I mean that trailers are are prone to uh, give away a lot, but yeah, they they might be trying to throw us off. I don't know. Unless it's gonna turn out that Julianne Moore is actually his dead ex-wife, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> she she isn't actually there. He just has an open seat, and it's sort of oh, like it's... him realizing that she's not there. 
I, I think she's going to turn into a wolf. Also, her uh, <laughs> he has a daughter that's disappeared on the plane. <laughs> and it turns out that uh, she's just been asleep in the nose of the plane. <laughs> it's, it turns out she was hidden in the uh, in the drink cart or whatever. Uh, Peter Sarsgaard's uh, going to show up. <laughs> Jodie Foster is going to racially profile some people. You didn't board the plane with a daughter. <laughs> All right. Well, what do you say we wrap this up, Carson? Okay. All right. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. And thank you guys all for listening. See you next time. You're from the 70s, but I